and welcome to Alyssa Explains It All. I hope you all are having a wonderful day today. I'm having sort of like a weird start to my day because I very rarely get negative messages on my socials. And honestly, it's partially because I don't really, I don't really put myself out there that much. And that's on me. That's on me. But I've been trying to get better. So on my TikTok, I'm like, I'm going to just do trends as I see them, like sounds that I think are funny or interesting or whatever, and just like do them and just try and put myself out there. That's like a big goal of mine for the year. And I posted a TikTok and it was using this like Lady Gaga sound. And it was her saying something like, when I was 18, I told everyone around me that I was going to be a superstar. And everyone told me that I was like crazy, essentially. And now, haha, you know, and I just found out um, a couple of weeks ago that I'm going to be doing a TED Talk in April. And so that's like, I never in a million years thought that I was going to do any of that. And obviously, of course, the show was like never in a million years did I think that this would be my life. And so I saw that sound and I was like, oh, okay, I can make this cute about those two things. And I did the sound and then I said like for the haha part, I put text on the screen that said like, gets a Netflix show and is doing a TED talk. And I know that being an internet person, you really shouldn't let people's negative comments get to you as best you can. But every now and then, I just think it's like really weird that people will speak to strangers the way that they do. Like I posted that video and someone commented on it and they were like, but you're not a superstar, LOL. They were right. And I was like, first of all, I never, I personally never said I was going to be superstar. You don't know how this app works. So there's that. But also it's so shitty when people do things like that because it discourages you from wanting to engage in social communities. Like you are a stranger. Why are you, why do you feel compelled to tell another stranger what you think that they are? And this person doesn't follow me. And so like they have no idea of like how that's, that's not content I would normally post or anything along those lines. And I know him leaving a comment like that is more of a reflection of what's going on with him than it is with me. But again, weird to leave that comment. Like I've never been on someone's socials and been like, I'm gonna tell this person about themselves. Like it's just strange. And I wish that people wouldn't do that because it just feels really discouraging and people just want to have fun. Like, let us have fun. Let me use a Lady Gaga sound and live my life. And I've already spent too much energy on this because I think this is silly and I shouldn't care this much. But anyway, actually, our guest for today is like the perfect antidote to feeling like that because she is like the warmest, coziest human that I know. She's so loving and and she's actually a leadership coach and she'll talk about like what that means. And she has this really amazing sense of self. She also is an incredible communicator. I love her to pieces. Her name is Abby and you guys are going to be obsessed with her. If, if you ever have an episode where you can sit cozy on the couch get yourself a blanket and like a cup of tea, this is the one. So I know that you're going to love her and I'm excited for you to all be able to get to know her a little bit. Well, hello, Abby. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here and thanks for inviting me. Of Such course. an honor. Oh my God. You're like one of the warmest, most, most like kind, friendly people that I know. And mm. so I'm happy to have you here. And it's like, it's exciting for me to share all of that with people that listen to this podcast. I'm so excited too. And Yay. thank you. Like received. Uh, always <laughs> easy to receive that. So I'll take it. Okay, great. Wonderful. <laughs> um, so can you explain what your current job is in your own words? I don't want to mince it up and make it not what it is. And so in your own words, what is your job? Yeah. So I am a leadership coach and a leadership advisor, depending on the role in which people meet me through. And what I'll say about that is that I work with a wide variety of human beings. And it's 
important for me to distinguish, well, of course, I work with folks who are in positions of power or have people that they manage and are considered leaders in more traditional spaces or in the traditional way we think of leadership. Mm -hmm. But for me, it extends like much further beyond your role, your position, who you manage, who you don't manage. And it's really about, for me, leadership is how you show up in the world. And is that in accordance to your values? And are you living in alignment? And so I get to partner with incredible organizations and incredible humans to really talk about what's possible in their life when we, all of us, including myself, when we start to get out of our own ways. So breaking any unproductive patterns, looking at where we stop or where the edge of our comfort zone is and inviting people to step over that and to a field of possibility. And, um, if it's helpful, I, I can share the distinction of how I hold coaching generally. I know there's a lot of different modalities for people to find support these days. So if that feels helpful, I'm happy to do it. I think we'll, we'll move into more of that later because I want to talk a little bit more about how you got here because I think like one of the things that's so interesting about being in any sort of coaching space is, at least for me, and I'm sure for most people, you're deciding that you are enough of an authority in something. And mm. when leadership is a really challenging thing for many people, especially women. So when when did you feel like you were comfortable enough to be an authority in that space? Like you mm. could you had enough information on your own that you're like, oh my God, I have to share this with people. That's such a good question. I have like a very distinct memory around seven or eight years old where I was sitting at this desk that was in my bedroom at my grandparents' house. And I remember journaling and I remember being really clear on like I, at the time I wasn't like using words like life purpose or had the language that I have now for it, but I felt really connected to myself. And so point being from a really young age, I have like very distinct memories of being one strong willed and that would be backed up by anyone in my family with some annoying stories, but <laughs> and having a really strong sense of self. And so I think early on in my life, um, I had a sick parent. I was raised as an only child. I, on a really young age, started to understand life was like bigger than my Abercrombie t-shirts. Mm -hmm. And if I was getting invited to like the cool birthday party, I think that was really the beginnings of like me shifting towards like a more conscious path for myself. Um, I was also seeing like how fragile life was. And so fast forward, I like go to college, I have my early career. And in that space, I actually found myself like retreating from myself and trying to fit into norms. And I was, whether that was social or work-wise and really fast, it felt like isolating and alone because I wasn't actually walking through the light, like through the world and my life in a way that felt familiar to me or felt authentic mm. to me. And so I was doing like on my own self growth journey, if mm -hmm. you will. And then what really marked this for me was I was like really young on a leadership team and my boss, the CEO of this company was incredible. And she was like, listen, I want to give you an opportunity to work with a coach. And so that just blew open mm -hmm. my world. And to your point about being an authority on leadership, I think it's mm -hmm. so interesting because what I've learned through coaching is I get to be an expert in human communication, holding space, asking questions, being curious, remaining open, and suspending judgment. And so mm -hmm. those are the areas that I practice deeply in order to be in spaces to bring something that's like unique and different. Because if you as a leader in X industry come to me, I'm not going to pretend to be the expert in that thing. Mm -hmm. But instead, all of the small ways that we're showing up in that in those spaces and how we're actually in our way and helping people 
peel back layers of themselves. And you touched a little bit about like the communication skills that you developed and that are so important mm. to the way that we show up in the world. Obviously, we talk a lot about relationships and dating and what what that experience is like, especially now where communication is so different than it ever was. Um, mm. And I find that a lot of the answers to questions that I get about feeling like, your libido is different than your partner or you want mm. to like try something new and you don't know how to bring it's a lot of it comes down to communication so mm. what do you feel like yeah what do you feel like yeah i'm like everyone hates this but it's important <laughs> but it's so true it's it is everyone hates it but it's like i'm sorry it's the solution it's what it is mm -hmm. what what do you feel like is what what does effective communication mean to you like what does it what becomes available to you when you start working on your communication skills? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's such a good question. I'm going to try to not be like robotic about it. I okay. feel like effective communication at the end of the day is having deep, like very authentic connection with yourself and knowing yourself on kind of an almost par like unparalleled level. I think it's hard work to actually get to a place where you can have deep connection and deep intimacy with yourself. But when you do that, pair it with like, like I was mentioning before, practicing listening, genuinely caring about the human being that's on the other side and yourself mm -hmm. and like mastering the art of presence for me is the, like the key ingredient of mm -hmm effective communicate or key ingredients of effective communication and even boiling it down one more level i would say have you ever heard the quote like clear as kind no but that i love that yeah it's so good it's so simple it's like be really clear with yourself be really clear with others and be clear with what's not working or what is working and that mm -hmm. actually is the most like loving and kind way to be in relationship via communication with other yeah. people. I love that. Clear is kind is so, that's so perfect. And it's so mm. simple, like you said, and that that resonates a lot with the conversations that I have with people looking for answers to questions, even like sex or intimacy related. That makes so much sense. I love that. I want to put that yeah. like on a... <laughs> on a sign somewhere. I love we can do that. a little arts and crafts day. We'll make some posters. Yes, clear is kind. I, I think the other thing that's really important to mention about communication is like, it is just, a, is just as much about what is said. So our ability to one speak needs, for example, but also listening and hearing mm -hmm. as it is what's unsaid, which for me, I usually call that like someone's being, but someone's energy, the in like this concept of making the implicit explicit is another, like a big piece of this. And I think people, myself included, I'm not really interested in your ability to like, listen to me and tell me what I said. Right. I'm interested in, and I think people generally as human beings were hardwired to want to be heard to feel understood, to feel less alone, to feel not judged and to really like, I think this is a big piece of communication is listening for and understanding, being in touch with what's not being said and what mm -hmm. someone's bringing into a space in addition to their words. Right. Cause then it's like a higher level of understanding where that person is mm -hmm. and a opportunity for greater connection or empathy. I love that. What would you say is like a a good starting tip? Obviously, everything is a process. But what would be mm, a way yeah. that someone can be a more um, like present, attentive listener? Because I think especially now, everything is sort of like short form, like everything is quick and everything is coming to you in a way that's like um, overstimulating mm. all the time. And I think it's made our ability to be good listeners really really difficult um mm. so how do you kind of tune into like i'm going to put my i mean you're always a great listener like i don't think that you like switch in and out of being a good listener you mm. I, <laughs> i'm human too sometimes it's hard i feel like you're every time i talk to you i'm like i've never felt more hurt in my life you like there's so much like eye contact happening it's just great <laughs> and um so i want to know how how you grew that 
skill or if there's anything that people can do to develop that skill or start developing that skill. Okay. This is not like an easy breezy tip, but I think being willing, like truly like saying to yourself, am I willing to be, I like to use the word undefended, but vulnerable, undefended in moment to moment, Mm -hmm. like actually look actively choosing intimacy, vulnerability, whatever that word is for you, moment to moment. And something that I like to think about and why I use the word undefended often is like, imagine waking up in the morning and putting on a suit of armor and it's like you're sliding on your chest plate, you're putting on mesh, like gauze for in between. And all of this metal and mesh that you're putting over yourself is coming from your learned experiences, where you grew up culturally, socially, the privileges you have, the privileges that you do not have that have caused you harm. And they're the ways in your life that you've started to be like, okay, this is how I protect my heart. This is how I don't get made fun of. This is how I don't get judged. This is how I keep my family happy. This is how I dim myself to make other people more comfortable. These are some examples. There's many, many more. Just noticing, like I, even as I describe that, it's like I can feel the weight of that. And so imagining yourself taking those pieces off and like connecting to the tenderness that might be underneath it. So Mm -hmm. like the tip in and of itself is like, be still with yourself and where are all the places that you're protecting Mm -hmm. rather than creating or generating for yourself. Yeah. And see how you can shift that. Yeah. That's one of the things that like as I've gone through the process of therapy, especially when you get mm. to that like inner child work, which is mm. which is all of that armor that you've created. Yeah. One of the things that my I've had this conversation with my therapist before where I'm like, I feel like I'm aware enough to be like, I know that this stems from X, Y, and Z experience, and I've created this, I've created the armor. And I, I'm like, yeah. I just need to know how to like take it off. How do you just take it off? And she was like, well, that's, that's, that's the work. Like the work is taking it off. Um, largely like once you get past like the, I know, I understand what this armor is and where it came from. The taking it off is the hard part. Mm. Yeah. It's, that's a really good point. You could spend your whole life talking about like where it came from and the fact that you have it. Mm-hmm. And something that I love to think about is like, I do this every morning when I wake up, it's what's my intention for the day. Mm -hmm. And so my intention is ease. There's like, okay, I'm committed to that over like the comfort, comfortability of having my armor on, for Mm -hmm. example. So there's little tips like that. But I think you're spot on when it's one, a process, it doesn't happen overnight. But there are ways to actually practice it. And I, it's the type of thing where like, what's that conversation you're avoiding having with your partner? Yeah. It's like going and initiating that conversation, not knowing what the outcome will be and like sharing from a really vulnerable place using, you know, like talk about effective communication, but like, this is my, the experience I'm having is this, I'm curious about what you're having. Yeah. Maybe there's a dynamic I want to clear up. Can we talk about it? One of the things that's that's so interesting about the way that like you communicate, especially is like the words that you choose are really (laughs) specific. And I know like part of this is from like some leadership. Like I noticed like my brother has done the same leadership Mm -hmm. program that you have. And I noticed there's a lot of like that same language, my sister too. And Mm -hmm. Doing, saying things like, um, instead of saying that you have to do something, saying that you get to do something. Sometimes when my sister uses Love it, that one. I, I, that would you're like rolling up. your eyes. You're like, oh my god. <laughs> like it's there's one. Th- it's one thing to be like, I get to go to work today. Like I understand. Like there is privilege in, in actually having a job. Sometimes she'll be like, I get to do laundry, and I was like, well you could just say that you have to do it. That's, we don't, that's, <laughs> you know, but I do think that that framework is really like really amazing. And there, I, mm. and now I like already escaped my brain. What you had just said that um, was another one of those kind of like phrasing things that make such mm. a big difference in the way that your outlook is, you know, completely different than I think most other people's. Yeah. I feel it's really interesting Got because it. the way people word things, mm. language is, 
someone, I forget who said this to me, but it's such good advice. Like language is your most effective, one of the most effective tools we have to build connection with another Mm -hmm. human being. And so it's really interesting, whether it's my coach training or my years of experience in this field, language is a huge proponent of it. So like if you were to think of a Venn diagram with three circles that were meeting in the middle, language is like one in and of itself. So the language you use with yourself and the language you use with other people, the other circle would be your body, your physical body, and the way that you embody that physical body. So your emotional, mental, and like spiritual connection, as well as your physical body. And then the third being like the way you make sense of the world, your belief systems, your values, what's important to you and where they come together. Like that's what often when people say your being or your energy or your vibe, that is like scientifically yeah. what people are pointing to. And that's where you coach, like I coach too, based mm-hmm. as an ontological based coach. But I'm sharing that because language has become incredibly incredibly important to me. Mm-hmm. And I will say that it also, like you're describing the experience with your sister, yeah. where it's, it can be really isolating Yeah, if people don't have the same shared language. And you see that all the time in relationships, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a shared language in your romantic relationship or your like close friendships, it's a lot easier to navigate conflicts, right? So I think most people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that Language has the power to redirect pathways, like neuropathways that have been put in our brains since the time we were really tiny, mm-hmm. and the pathways that very specifically don't serve us. So maybe something you learned when you were little that helped you get through or survive a situation is like how you're walking through the world now, and you don't actually need that. So I think mm-hmm. there's – I love the have to versus get to, and I hear the like – <laughs> the annoyance in that. It's like when I'm like, oh, I get to do my taxes. Everyone's yeah. like, well, do you? And what that is doing is that it's reinforcing this belief system that I actually get to walk through the world either as the world is happening to me or it's happening for me. Mm-hmm. And it's much more empowering to walk through the world thinking about it's happening for me. Yeah. So even like even when you're facing death, like very serious illness, like I get to be be with those things as part of this human experience, it can be powerful. There's also like another good example is help or fix versus support or serve. Yes. So that one is really interesting for me because this is not – everyone is going to have a varying definition of like help, fix, serve, support. These are words people could pick them apart for years. Um, But what I see as like an interesting use of language there is when we're talking about helping or fixing, it's implicit, but there is one, a level of superiority happening and or judgment. So if you're in fix, something has to be wrong. Something has Mm. to be broken. And I actually don't like I've deeply believe that that is not true, right? Like systems can be broken. People are not broken. Mm. That's an example of how can we shift our language from even if subtly and subconsciously disempowered, full of shame, like in obligation or out of resentment and actually create something new with Mm -hmm. language, not just to sound a certain way, but to actually shift my mindset. It's mm-hmm. a really powerful reframing tool. Yeah. Yeah. Even um, now I've had like my, actually my mom too. I forgot my mom's also done mm. done this too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everyone around me. So mm. even my, my mom, my sister, my brother, when they like, we have four dogs in this house, as you know. And mm. so managing all of them when we all have like <laughs> quite busy lives is challenging for sure. And they'll ask me if I like, how can I support you? in, in whatever, you know, <laughs> scheduling thing, you know, I'm like, that feels nice. It feels like, mm. if, it feels like offering somebody a hug. Like, how can I support you? Like, I don't know. That's so nice. Again, people might not, if I said, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. You also probably be like, oh, that's nice. But it yeah. does have a different landing yeah. if you pay attention to it. Cause it's yeah. like, 
I don't need, you are not helpless. You are right. a very capable human yeah. and you probably could do it all, right? We were talking about like women in leadership. Often we're all like burnt out because we're doing it all. Mm -hmm. Whereas support is like holding you as capable and here to be in service of whatever it is that's going to like push whatever you're working on forward. Yeah. That could be a work project. That could be taking care of dogs. That could be you being in alignment with your like higher purpose in your life. It could be a wide range of things. And I think because of the way you were talking about the way we get information, right? It's like we're constantly bombarded. We're on social media, shorter attention spans than ever, mm -hmm. historically speaking. I think there's like a tension between that and humans innate need and like just the fact that we are social beings and connection mm -hmm. is so important. And it's not lost on me that the correlation of like mental health, uh, suicide, like extreme violence, like these are connected to the isolation of people. And so mm -hmm. when you talk about effective communication, when you talk about actual language, um, it's easy to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are, these things are important, but to, and you said it before, it's like, they are one of the solutions or what I would say is like pathways mm -hmm. to a different type of existence with other people and with mm -hmm. yourself which is like kind of all we got in a world that continues to be a little loony toony, you know, <laughs> a little loony toony. <laughs> and, and it's so true that like we now live in a, in an environment where independence and individuality is so like highly valued that we forget that like the human species is, is communal. Like we're meant to be in communal spaces and, mm -hmm. um, there's a sex therapist who, who has talked about how um, I have talked. I feel like I talk about her all the time. Her name is Esther Perel, and she talks oh, about love her. She's great. Yeah, and she's great. So <laughs> she talks about how her whole thing is like monogamy is our final frontier as like as humans because we've always lived in really communal spaces. And part of the reason why things like infidelity are so prevalent and continue to grow is because we used to rely on a community of people to fulfill all of these needs. And now we're looking mm. for a community's worth of needs from one single person. And that's impossible. And yes. I think the emphasis on on the relationships you have being really all that all that you have in this in this world, um, mm. because that will lead you towards building a community and support system that can make everything else in your life so much easier. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's, I've actually been in a few different spaces where it's been a different context, but talking about how community and belonging is like actually the work for me. Like, yes, I might use coaching or leadership advisory as these mechanisms to reach and support people. Mm -hmm. And what I'm actually up to is building senses of belonging and community, because that is, to your point, what feels immensely stripped down and ripped away mm -hmm. in the last few decades from the collective space. Like, I mean, throw in a global pandemic into yeah. that too. <laughs> it's really shifted and technology and different workforce, all of these different considerations. And sometimes it feels easier to like lean into that separation in the moment, but it's never really working for people. And I, yeah. there's a lot of people, like, I mean, not to overuse the armor analogy, but there's a lot of people walking around in like the most beautiful suit of armor, but it just like doesn't work. And I, yeah. there's this, there's a study where basically babies can survive without food and water they actually like newborns, they can't survive without physical touch. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hardwired for deep connection and intimacy across like a spectrum of like all the way from romantic and physical mm -hmm. to emotional. Yeah. A hundred percent. I totally agree. It's so interesting how I've, it's really kind of like been such a disservice to us, especially like I think in the United States, there's a big emphasis mm -hmm. on on being um, independent. And now I think, especially as like the women in the workplace thing, even more so because we have put this pressure on ourselves to 
do it all and prove ourselves and show that we're worth being in those spaces and and making the money that we deserve and you know ending up putting in three four times the amount of work that other people would yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's really really yeah, snaps like, for people listening agree <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really frustrating and it's it's based in feeling like we have to do everything on our own and it's like why why yeah yeah and i mean the value of independence is a really good like for looking for the reasons why like that's one of you know we could find them and i'm also really interested in like the like unpacking that conversation but for the sake of like almost like so what now what like what mm -hmm. are we actually going to choose moving forward as a collective and where does it start mm. because uh, yeah i just i think there's like I get excited about how how do you move the conversation from all these ways that it's not working to okay in me how does that start shifting today because mm -hmm. like because I say so or because you and I say so like how can the relationship I have with you how can the relationship I have with my partner how can the relationship I have with my mom how can the relationship I have with people who work for me or I work for clients whatever you know whoever how can I intentionally be building intimacy into those relationships and that's mm -hmm. like i think that's different for everyone and for each per person i was just thinking of it looks a little bit different yeah. but what it requires is me to show up in this really like undefended unarmed softened way like i think mm -hmm. brene brown talks about this she'll always say like soft front strong back Mm -hmm. And it's like really gooey, like open hearted front and really clear, strong back. Like I know my boundaries. I know what I stand for. I know what's okay mm -hmm. and what's not. And I know how to sit in discomfort or disagreement in my own body or with someone else, especially like I'm thinking about, you know, you were mentioning like sex life, right? There, mm -hmm. Maybe I, my libido is different than my partner or I, like want to try something new, but I don't know how to communicate that. Or I have an incredible partner who asks me what, like, how can yeah. this, like, what would you like? And I've had those moments where it's like, I freeze and it's, I can't even mm -hmm. communicate. And it's like, oh, cause I'm like in my own story about if I say this thing out loud, what will this person think? Yeah. And in that moment, noticing that, oh, I'm scared about like looking dumb Yeah. or being made fun of or being judged or or not knowing and that and choosing anyway some type of vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like I'm scared to scared to say this, but I want to do this. Or yeah. saying it and then realizing like pigs didn't fall from the sky, you're still alive <laughs> and like life is good and you got exactly what you wanted when you asked for it. <laughs> right. Right, right. I always think so. it's it's funny when we really like overcome those um the fear of communicating what we really want, because the worst thing that a person can do is say no most of the time. <laughs> and then once you once you really embrace that, there's not much more that a person can do beyond saying no. And like, obviously, when it comes to things that are vulnerable topics like sexuality and things, things of that nature, there's a lot more like shame and vulnerability included in that no well, i think if you do sort of that like soft front hard back sort of thing which mm -hmm. also is exactly how you show up to me like soft front <laughs> no. hard back is exactly how i would describe mm -hmm. like the way that you show up that it might be the best compliment i've ever received <laughs> so thank you i but that was like when you said that i was like oh my god that's abby 100 uh, <laughs> percent like i want to learn how to do that because i i think you're very consistent with it too. Like you're very consistently that way to me. And I feel like there are moments where I can have that, but it's so interesting because having the soft front also means that you're allowing things in that could potentially hurt. And then you have to sort of like resolve. Mm. And, and that's always so tough because you know, you're sort of like going into this open water where you're like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, mm -hmm. oh God. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's so I, vulnerable. Mm. I love that so like that, uh, like thank you. And I mm -hmm. love that reflection because something that I forget that has become more normal for me, but at once was like a very radical lesson mm -hmm. was like pain is inevitable. 
Yeah. Like it actually is part of the human experience. It will never go away and you actually have no control over it. Suffering is what's optional. Mm. And so that, yeah, we can be with that for a second. Sorry to, <laughs> to skip over it. No, but yeah. that's so interesting. Yeah. So yeah, pain, inevitable, suffering, optional. And what, like I love even with your hands, you're doing the like going into the uncharted water. Yeah. And it's like doing a few callbacks right now, but like getting to go through life with the realization of like, it gets to be open water because that leaves room. Yes. For like rugs being pulled out from under you and tragedy and sadness and surprise, but it also leaves room for spontaneity and delight and surprises that are, you know, blow your wildest dreams and wildest mm -hmm. like expectations out of the water. And so another piece of that is like, and was not always this way, but doing the work to be able to trust myself to navigate whatever comes to me mm -hmm. and knowing that there might be pain, but it will be my choice of what to do with that Yeah, is really, I think, an important lesson that I learned. I don't even, I can't even point to the moment that I learned it, Yeah, but that has been reinforced by a lot of things around me and it feels like kind of critical. And mm -hmm. when I was earlier talking about going deep and like really intimately having a relationship with yourself, one outcome of doing that is deeply trusting yourself that I know I can have my own back and my own feet mm -hmm. in any situation that I walk into. Yeah. And the same feet can walk me right out of it if I need to. Right, right, right. When we were talking about having this conversation, one of the phrase that you, phrases that you had said was that you are teaching people to live, love, and lead undefended. And I feel like that mm. is like the perfect way to like sort of wrap up the whole thing in a bow where it's like you have the soft front, hard back. You're able to walk into these into these conversations saying like, I, I know myself really well and I'm going to allow myself be really vulnerable and, mm. and do this, take on this challenge. Um, in a way that's like really uninhibited. And I love that. And I want everyone to like find ways to experience that somehow in their own, in their own lives. Do you feel like there's any like one way or practice that people can start mm. to work towards that type of um, mentality or behavior? Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many. So I will say it's not like an overnight thing and anyone that's like, selling it as an overnight thing is doing a disservice yeah. to it. But what I'll say is that whatever your version of it is, investing in your personal growth and your personal understanding of you and building self-trust, like mm -hmm. that might be working with a coach, that might be working with a therapist, that might be joining a runner's club and running a marathon, that might be hiking to the top of Mount Everest. Like there's so many ways that people find who out who they are and who they know themselves to be. So there's that. But in this moment, like without needing to go talk to someone or mm -hmm. anything like that, I think there's a, an opportunity to think about – people talk about responsibility. Um, like you should be responsible for this thing or it's kind of – it's like, oh, I'm responsible. So if something slips, I'm going to get in trouble is some of the right. lines of thought. But actually meaning it from a place of if I'm responsible for everything that's showing up in my life, like how is this thing, how is this relationship, how is this feeling of activation or feeling triggered, whatever it is, how is this thing, person, situation in front of me for me? Mm -hmm. Or asking yourself, what is the lesson I'm meant to learn through this thing? Mm -hmm. Super simple, but what it does is it takes you out of a conversation of like life's just happening mm -hmm. and into a conversation of like, what do I get to do right. with it? Which the hope in that, it, it, like having radical responsibility in your life is, you know, something I would coach to. But the point of having that is so you can be making empowered choices. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think even like um, when I when I talk to my therapist about like being able to identify what exactly this whatever it is that you're confronting and, and feels challenging to you when you're able to say like, OK, mm-hmm. I know why this feels challenging to me. And then you have to figure out how to like really remove that armor. One of the things that she said to me is sometimes it's just sitting with it. It's just like sitting with mm-hmm. it and being able to to be like, I feel this. And I feel it because mm-hmm. of this. And then just sort of like waiting for it to melt away. And a lot of the times it does. It seems to actually do that. Yeah. There's a lot of power in acknowledging out loud or written or to mm-hmm. someone you love the thing that has had a grip on you. Cause even just sharing it starts to release it. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, you can sit with it. And when you're ready, the conversation can be like, this is another framework I really love. It's like, what? Okay, here's this thing. I know why it bothers me. Mm-hmm. And like, I know where it comes from. I'm sitting with it. Okay, that's the what. And it's like, okay, so what? Not so what? I don't care. So what? Like, what do I want to do mm-hmm. with this information? How is it relevant to my life today? Where do I see it like popping up all over the place? Right? Mm-hmm. Because if you have something going on in a relationship with like, if I have something going on in a relationship with my partner, it's also something going on in some of my friendships and some of my other relationships. Like the way we do one thing is the way we show up in a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so you have the what, then you have, okay, so what, like what's here for me. And then it's now what Yeah, is the third part. So that's also a helpful way to be like, what, slow down, actually drop into what's there for you, sit with it. If Mm -hmm. you feel like you've been there or you've been living there, go to, okay, so what, how is this for me? What do I do next? Or kind of skip, but like, what do I, how is this relevant to my life? What are my opportunities? What becomes available? That was a question you asked me earlier. Like, I Mm -hmm. love that when I shift X, Y, or Z and then, okay, now what, now what am I going to go do with it? How am I going to integrate that learning into my life? Yeah. And that's actually just saying that out loud now reminds me how important it is to give yourself the space to be with different learnings and diff- and as you grow. And it's also practicing and integrating it in your life. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just know it. Yeah. I'm right. sure. I feel like we both probably know. And I think I used to be one of these people who like knew a lot about myself and I was so mm-hmm. self-aware, but it didn't really matter because I wasn't acting in my current life from that knowledge. I was actually just walking around being like, oh, well, I know this, this, this about me. And it's this very like victim-y thing. And I don't blame anyone. We all have to work through what we have to work through, Mm -hmm. self-included. But I have such a more powerful experience now that I've been able to move now where I'm in the like, so what, now what territory. And that now the stretch gets to be making sure I don't forget to be with the real emotions that come up in a given situation. Uh, One of the things about like self-awareness that I think is so frustrating is it became a part of, there's a lot of like mental health things that fly around sort of like the zeitgeist in a way where like Mm. everyone's diagnosing themselves with ADHD and everyone thinks that they, whatever. And it's, I think just coping mechanisms for people to better understand themselves. One of them, those like movements, I feel like that I saw a lot on social media is people being like, well, at least I'm self-aware. I'm like, well, that's not really how that works. You can't just excuse all of your behaviors because you know that you're self-aware about them. Yeah. And I would say anyone that feels like they have arrived at being self-aware, it's like mm-hmm. you've only just begun. Like it is a yeah. never, never ending journey. Yeah. Including for for every single human. Yes. Like yeah. it just does not stop. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so you were talking earlier, like when we first started our conversation about the differences in the types of coaching that you mm. do. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I think. Oh, I love that. And so what I'll say is like I'll use consulting or like advising mm-hmm. coaching and therapy just as the examples because I think they all kind of play in the same sandbox and it mm-hmm. feels really confusing. The first thing I'll say is that all three – of those modalities are incredibly supportive. Like I, I myself work with a coach. I work with a therapist. I have business consultants for like, how do I grow my business? Like I employ all of those levels of support in my personal life because one walking the talk and Mm -hmm. also like for what I'm up to, I'm really clear on and have 
like built a really healthy relationship to support. So I love them all. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to distinguish them. So imagine like, I'm going to use a little metaphor that yeah, one of the one of my favorites, this idea of driving a car. If you're going to go mm-hmm. on a cross country road trip, your therapist is going to like maybe be checking under the hood, making sure there's some like connections are there. Whereas a mechanic or, or like a consultant would be your yeah. mechanic who would be like, I'm fixing your brakes. We're changing your oil. We got you new tires. The window that doesn't go on, like didn't go down in the back is now fixed. Like mm-hmm. you're good to go. You have your mirrors. Great. So that would be someone who in the a consultant would also say like, we're going to, you're going to take this road. These are all the places you're going to stop. This is the gas that you're going to put in the car. The therapist would be checking some connections and would maybe even be like, we would get in the car and then it would be like, oh, we're going to do a U-turn because there's this thing from the past that hasn't mm-hmm. been addressed. So we're going to go deal with that. We're going to work through that. Whereas a coach is going to be like, okay, we're going across the country because you said so. You're in mm-hmm. the driver's seat. I'm your co-pilot. I might have some maps, some playlists, some snacks, like some tools that are going to support us in getting across mm-hmm. the country. But you actually get to drive the car. And we're going to have an eye in the rear view mirror of like what in your past brought you to this moment. And we're going to be like checking blind spots in the car Mm-hmm. as we go to get us there safely and to have a really powerful experience as we get there. And so it's this concept of like future forward, you're the driver of your life, you're the expert of your life, and I'm here to actually just support, reflect what you might not see and get you there in a way that's going to like one be enjoyable but to have get you the results that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really cool, like that's one just one of my favorite ways to kind of describe coaching. People will also and obviously, especially with therapy, there's so many different modalities of therapy. So yeah, your experience with therapy could be similar. I think it's just important to name. And I'm also part of the International Coaching Federation because I feel really strongly in the industry of coaching, which is at its infancy. And mm-hmm. in order to be in integrity with myself and to be on a path of like mastering this technology, this function <laughs> of coaching matters to me because we're talking about people's lives. So yeah. um, I like to just make sure people are clear on it. And yeah. like, I'm not, I can't die. The coaches don't diagnose. They don't, you know, they're often yeah. present to future conversations in a really powerful way. Right, right. Yeah. It's interesting because I think coaching and the style of coaching that you you do and that even like my brother has experienced is mm-hmm. so interesting because I don't think it would have necessarily been my first like like I think I would have thought therapy first, but they, they really do address different different needs. It's like, it's interesting to see how well they play together, but also have their own separate functions and really like to use your analogy, getting the car going smoothly. Mm -hmm. And it's been cool to actually learn that, that like next function, other function that exists to support people and reaching their goals and figuring out the best ways to communicate with, with partners in any capacity, like romantic partners, Mm -hmm. like your friends or family members and, and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. it's been a really interesting journey to like, get to know the the whole field. Um, do you feel like yeah. your interactions have changed with people since you started all of this training? Do you think that people like have <laughs> yeah. different conversations? Yeah. I, I almost feel like yeah. people would have different conversations with you knowing that you have this type of background now. Yeah. I mean, I think like anything, when you're on your path or your trajectory in your life, Mm-hmm. in general, especially as you get a little bit older, you start to realize like the ways that friendships ebb and flow or people come in and out of your life or how what you're connecting around. Mm-hmm. And I will say now I feel much more connect, like have been trained to listen and to connect mm-hmm. at a deeper level. So my like presence is more consistent. My ability to be with people that I love I have like have a higher tolerance for that before I'm like in a story of like, well, what I want to contribute and what I have to say and what I need, Mm -hmm. um, I can just like 
be in space and time with people in a new way. And that has changed all of my relationships. I also like, it was really bumpy at first. I think a lot of people were like, you're using different language. You're (laughs) talking about different things. You're talking about ideas. You're talking about things that you're committed to. You're like lasered in. And I think that was uncomfortable. Like I think of a past, a very like serious past relationship. I think of even conversations with family members who are deeply supportive and love what I do, but have had a hard time being like, what? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was really interesting because it's been this homecoming for me. Like, I feel like I've been through my like career and my training and my learning and my growing both professionally and personally. I have come back to myself, to that like eight-year-old little girl I spoke about at the beginning who was like really, who really knew yeah. me mm-hmm. and all of the things that I started to put over me to dim who I was or to fit in as those have been peeled back. They're uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable for people. It doesn't work. You yeah. know, it is probably why I'm in the relationship I am now versus married to the man I was dating five years ago. Like there it's why some of my friendships like in really unexpected ways have gotten really like people who I wasn't so close with at one point now are my deepest and closest friends or Mm -hmm. how my friend, you know, like my best friend I've had forever, our relationship, we actually have, we talk about things that would be easier to skip over. Mm -hmm. So it's changed in so many ways. And what I'll say is my life and the experience of my life wouldn't be the same. Mm-hmm. So I would have different results in my life. Like I probably wouldn't be running my own business. I would probably not be in the a healthy romantic relationship that I actually see long-term future with. Mm-hmm. I would be going through the mo- – the, like the results are different, right? Like my life actually looks different. And what's happening in my body, the experience that I have on a day-to-day basis regarding my life and the people who are in my life, is actually more fun. It doesn't feel like a drag. I used I remember I used to like snooze my alarm mm-hmm. for like hours when I was like a few years ago. It's like I had such a hard time getting up. Yeah. And now for the most part, it's like I wake up and I'm like excited about my life and what's in it, which is like a big That's amazing. I'm really proud of that. <laughs> like really proud of it. And that you should be. Absolutely. <laughs> You should be very proud of that because I think most people strive for that and like never achieve it. And, and there's, that's such like a beautiful sentiment to be had when you talk about like honoring and still reconnecting with the person that you were when you were eight years old, like when you were a kid before Mm. you started adding all the armor and making Mm. all these defense mechanisms for yourself. Like that is such a beautiful gift to give to yourself. And then also to the people around you. Um, And I think- We all are striving for that feeling of hearing the alarm in the morning and regardless of the actual like circumstances of your life, having at the very least a different perspective about them so that you're not snoozing for hours and you can kind of see the really beautiful parts of your, of your life and the potential of what you could do moving Mm -hmm. forward too. It's, it's like amazing. And I'm so glad that you have spent this time with me to like be able to share this whole experience. Like I adore you so much. You've been such like a gift to me and like my family, like it's just, are just a joy to be around. So I'm very appreciative that you came to share this with, with our listeners. Of course. And thank you for listening to me. I, um, it's so funny. Like the, the story that wants to go off in my head is, yeah. Oh my God, I none of this probably made sense. I probably am speaking coach language. Oh my God, no. So like I, I'm excited to hear what your listeners think, what's resonant, and to continue the conversation in different ways and just really appreciate the opportunity to share this of in course. like an intentional, present way with someone who I also love and adore. It's really such mm. a gift. Oh, uh, well, I want to also, do you have any like things coming up or um, things that uh, the listeners can sort of interact with? Maybe they're not like totally ready to get into the full coaching yet, but they want like some sort of toe in the water. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One, I have a well-being toolkit. So it's like the ultimate well-being guide from mm-hmm. the basics to, you know, infusing presence in your everyday life and 
celebration as a ritual and a ton of other really cool things. So I have that. And then I'm also starting a intimacy program, what I'll say. So it would be a shorter version of like an ongoing coaching conversation. And it will be specifically around how to build intimacy in your life in all these different ways. And like you mentioned earlier, practicing, living, loving, and leading Mm -hmm. undefendedly. So those are two ways. And always like, please be in touch. I'm happy to provide resources and just be in conversation to help you like find the support that actually is going to matter and make a difference for you. Yay. I love that. We'll put all of that stuff in the description of the podcast so people can very easily access you and all those amazing tools. And the last thing is I ask everybody who comes on the podcast what their number one piece of dating advice would be. So if there's any piece of advice that you heard that like stuck with you the most, I know it's hard to boil it down to one thing, but anything that sticks out to you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Am I allowed to have two? Yeah, of course. Okay. (laughs) So my first one is like confusion or uncertainty from another human being is your clarity. Mm-hmm. You don't like that is your answer. That's great. Yeah. And I don't mean that as like a, some people will weaponize that one and it will be like a date in and people are like, well, I'm not sure. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're take, like taking it a little too literal. But when you're in relationship and dating, if you're yeah. getting mixed signals or whatever else, it's like, that's your answer. That's mm-hmm. the information. Like, what are you pretending not to see? Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Look at, totally. look at it for what it is. And then the other thing, this is what, this was very specific advice around obtaining a relationship that I wanted like really deeply. So when I, like a soul level, long-term mm-hmm like spend forever with you type of relationship is getting really clear on your conditions of satisfactions, your wants, Mm -hmm. and actually sharing those with anyone and everyone, like not being afraid to share them with the person you go on a Tinder date with, not to be afraid of sharing them with the person that you have been best friends with for a year that Mm -hmm. you want to date, not being afraid to share that with your family. Mm -hmm. Because what it will do is provide like you were saying this earlier, the worst that will happen is someone will say, I can't give that to you or their version of no. And that's actually fucking awesome because now you don't waste any more of your time in that place where you will not get what you're looking for. And instead you can go to the next thing. And it's this like beautiful skill of knowing what you're going after and being unattached to who it's going to be with, but Mm -hmm. really knowing like it's going to happen for you if you're committed to it. So don't be ashamed to actually be like sharing it Mm -hmm. out in the world because you'll get it a lot faster if you do. (laughs) I love that advice. Like that's advice that I've given too, is you, there's no reason to like hold out on who you are and what you're looking for in the very beginning of meeting somebody. Like what's the point of doing that? And, and I love the idea of like having these expectations and not being tied to the person who is attached, who could be attached to them and having, cause mm-hmm. then it really like you're positioning it. Like these are expectations for my partner versus these are the expectations I'm going to Im- imply on every person that I go out with and date. Yeah. Cause that's the surest way to make people like talk about people like recoiling or yeah. shutting down. Like, I don't want expectations put on me. I want to know what you're looking for, what you envision for your life, what partnership means to you, what intimacy means to you. Mm -hmm. And if those match, it's like, cool. Yeah. And I think that 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 comes from the belief too. I don't think there's one person on the planet for everyone. Like I really believe that you end up with someone like someone in unexpected ways or that Mm -hmm. is unexpected for you when you actually allow the universe to work in favor of whatever it is you are after. I agree. I agree very much. I think um, actually Esther Perel, our bestie Esther Perel, she said that like most successful relationships come down to timing more than anything else, more than chemistry, Mm. they come down to timing. And so I think when you, when you found ways to do to really like implement all of the things that you had been talking about for the past hour of like finding ways to be vulnerable and show up in your life with your authentic self, the love that you have for yourself and for others, then you end up getting sort of the return of 
everything else in life starts to kind of fall into place, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You start attracting it is yeah. really another piece. It's like a lot, there's a lot more ease. Yes. It's not always easy, but. Yeah. There's a lot like, more ease. It comes my, together. Yeah. Well, my, one of my favorite coaches I've ever had, her name's Lisa Foon. And she says, slow is smooth uh -huh. and smooth is fast. Oh, slow is smooth and smooth is, I see. So good. That's really so good. good. That's really good. I don't know exactly what just reminded me of that, but I needed to say it. So. That's really good. I love that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the, the podcast today. I appreciate oh gosh, it of course. so much. It's such a gift. I'm so excited to have the opportunity. Of course. And I'm, I'm really like, I'm excited for the listeners to be able to experience you and the, the work that you do. I think you're such a special human being. And so I'm just very grateful to have you on. And I hope that we can have you back on again. You tell me when. I'll show up. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. As a reminder, we are always accepting questions about sex ed, about relationships, life advice. We will accept it all. We would love to hear from you. So send us an email to alyssaexplainsitallpod at gmail.com. 